0: This episode of Converge with my guest, Steve Pratt, is sponsored by Gobi Collective. Gobi is my favorite community for creative entrepreneurs on the internet. It's built from the ground up to inspire, equip, and catalyze you and your business. Want to join the collective? Check out gobecollective.com. Converge is my chance to connect with creatives who make really interesting things. And when they can, profit from those things, often in ways that might surprise you. My background as a photographer and author gets me in conversations with visual storytellers and writers, but also musicians, actors, business and thought leaders, basically people who work very hard, not just to make a buck, but also to make a point. The invitation is to understand a little more of the context that surrounds their work and hopefully discover a fresh perspective that might inspire something new around the value you're making in the world. Steve Pratt is fascinated by what grabs people's attention and what keeps people's attention. He loves experimenting with new ways of telling stories, reaching and engaging people, and creating massive audiences. In fact, he spent 10 years in television and 10 years running a digital music service at Canada's public broadcaster called CBC Radio 3. It would be like NPR here in the U.S. And while he was there, he helped create one of the world's first legal music podcasts. Today, he's one of the founders of Pacific Content, a company with a unique specialty, Rather than creating media that can promote a product or a service directly, they create shareable branded entertainment podcasts like the Slack Variety Pack, which I love. In fact, you should go check the Slack Variety Pack as soon as we're done here today, Uh, and I'm sure you will. But by partnering with a company like Slack, this amazing communications tool, if you don't know it yet, you need to go check it out. All the notes on how to get to it are here in the show notes. But to take a company like Slack, and rather than just rent someone else's audience by sponsoring a podcast... They went one step further and delighted their audience by creating original content in partnership with Pacific content that is, it's almost unfair how much further ahead they are. At any rate, I'll save all of that for our conversation. You're going to find out all about what they've created over at the Slack Variety Pack. But what I want you to listen for is how does your story converge with their story? How could you leverage your life's resume in combination with the medium you work in to not just try to sell your stuff, But to actually delight your audience in such a way that they not only share the content, but they're just overwhelmed. It's so good that they can't not thank you for being the one who brought it to them.
1: We're not here forever. If you're going to do something, don't have any regrets about it. And if you're an artist, you can find art in all sorts of different ways. But it only happens when you actually do it and ship it.
0: I'm your host, Dane Sanders, and I want to welcome you to Converge. Steve Pratt, welcome to Converge.
1: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Steve, uh, it is a pleasure to have you on. You're you're the second like big time radio guys that I've had on recently. And I say guys loosely. Um, we just had Starly Kind from Gimlet's mystery show on the show. And now we have you on from the Slack Variety Pack. And for folks that were into podcasts and have been, uh, especially if they've been into podcasts for say more than a year or year and a half, you know, we're in this kind of, Amazing moment of, of uh, you know podcasts actually being getting the same kind of traffic as like real time radio, and or at least it appears so. And it started with Serial, and then the startup podcast from Gimlet, and you are very much in that kind of you know. And before that stuff, there was this American Life and the Radio Labs, and, and but those were largely uh, obscure audiences who were paying attention to it. And then you guys came along, and kind of out of nowhere. Took an amazing product that so many of us use, the you know the Slack application, and put a twist on it and created some content that was that is just incredibly entertaining, um, incredibly engaging, high quality production value. But again, it, it just feels like impossible that you were able to pull off what you did, uh, seemingly out of the blue. So talk a little bit about like the before the Slack Variety Pack showed up on the scene, what was your background that set the table? For you and the folks at Pacific Content to make the Slack, Slack Variety Pack podcast.
1: Uh, well, I guess first of all, thanks. That's that's very very kind of you to say, um, and and much appreciated. Um, um, I, I guess in a weird way, the the background of, of a lot of us um, makes doing something like the Slack Variety Pack not, you know, not as uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm booting it here on the first question, but it, you know, it, it's not that big of a stretch for us. We we all have come from uh, traditional media backgrounds. So like television and radio. Yeah, we've all done TV. We've all done radio. We've all spent a lot of time in the digital space. um, And uh, a lot of time actually trying to think about audio in the digital space. um, You know, most recently for Canada's public broadcaster, CBC, which is kind of like the equivalent of NPR in the States.
0: right, Or or like BBC in the UK.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, So we've spent a lot of time doing that. And, um, I think we recognized a a few things in, in terms of where the media landscape was shifting, that it's going to be tougher and tougher for traditional media, the, you know, the on the air radio and TV to compete with digital. And I think particularly for, uh, for us thinking in the, the audio space, uh, I think podcasting is hitting kind of its, um, it's HBO yeah. moment where quality is a very big differentiator and people are discovering that, wow, there is some, there are some amazing programs out there that I can choose to listen to whenever I want, rather than having to listen to whatever's on the radio at this given moment while I'm in my car, for example. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a, you know, the the uh, there's an HBO piece, which is quality, and there's also that idea of podcasts being the Netflix for radio. Yeah. Um, that finally I can choose the stuff that I want and make, um, you know, my own program schedule um, for the first time. And for those of us who, you know, who love making great shows and love telling stories and have had a lot of background in um, learning how to make high quality audio production, it's like an unbelievable opportunity and such an exciting time to get in and try and, you know, make some of that stuff happen and be part of that that movement,
0: you know, Starley talked in similar categories. She has this remarkable context in history. Uh, you know, it really is a she's a hardcore journalist, and uh, it can be deceiving because of the way that she uh, delivers her storytelling. But you know, she has some significant chops, and I think of the same thing with you know Alex Bloomberg and all the folks that came from the This American Life kind of tribe. Or I could say the same thing about the Radiotopia people, the Roman Marses of the world, and and. Uh, and, and, and I think, especially for folks here in the U.S., there's a real lack of appreciation for the the level of, uh, I appreciate you said storytelling, but the way that storytelling has been developed through television and radio in Canada uh, through the CBC. And, and it's funny, even Starley talks you know in glowing terms of being a part of Wiretap up at CBC and, and her colleagues up there um, – but it, it does create this moment of like, wow, there's this remarkable sense of professionalism that's showing up on the scene, seemingly out of the blue. But, of course, you guys have been around, like you say, for a long, a long time uh, doing this kind of work. But now it's hit the mainstream. Is that a fair way to characterize it?
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's it's totally a fair way to characterize it. And I think, you know, even CBC has been a very, very early pioneer in podcasting. And we're podcasting in 2004 and 2005. Um I think I think the show Quirks and Quirks, one of the science shows that's still a terrific show and still podcasting, uh, might have been the first one out of the gate in 2004, early 2005. Wow! Um, and then the group that I was working with, uh, uh, an online music service that's you know very uh, niche, Canadian only <laughs> service. It's it's called CBC Radio Three, and it's designed to to showcase. Emerging Canadian indie musicians, um, and you know help help people discover them and build a career and that sort of
0: stuff. And you guys have been around for a while. That show has been going for a long time.
1: Yeah, it, it, Radio Three itself has kind of always been an innovation lab for for the media. And there's a terrific guy named Robert We Met who who um, was running the place before me and did uh, some amazing things. Made uh, a Webby Award winning flash magazine. Was almost you know this is probably a disservice to what to what they did, but you know the closest thing I can think of is you know it was like Flipboard back in you know two thousand two or two thousand and three or something like that, uh, but a full multimedia storytelling. Um, anyways, I I got on in two thousand four, and the the kind of the mandate was make it a music service that's all in the digital realm and on satellite radio, um, and while we were building the stuff to make a satellite radio, all the podcasting stuff was coming online and Adam Curry was out doing his stuff. And we were all getting kind of excited being, you know, we should jump in on this. If we're an innovation lab, this feels exactly like the right thing to do. And one of the lovely gifts that Robert we met uh, had, had created was um, essentially kind of like a, MySpace for Canadian indie music way ahead of, it's time. And so there, it was a site called new music Canada and any Canadian artist that owned the rights to their own songs could go in and sign up and create their own artist page and upload music to it. And because we already had this database and, and there were a lot of really good Canadian musicians in there. We said, well, we have the rights to be able to, to down, let people download the music in a podcast. Um, Let's go out and target a few musicians and ask them if they're willing to do it. And then we'll, create a podcast waiver and see if people want to sign it and want to be part of it. And we put it out and literally a month later, iTunes launched with podcasting and they featured CBC Radio 3 all over the world because it was one of the first legal music podcasts Ah. anywhere. Um, And so it turned into this huge deal and uh, the the host, Grant Lawrence, a terrific, terrific host and a hugely passionate music guy is still doing it today. Um, So it's, you know, our, and the producer of the show, Chris Kelly, works with us at Pacific Content now. So it's... Oh, that's great. We, we had quite an interesting long history in, in being part of that at CBC. And I feel like there was this initial wave around anybody can do podcasting. And it's a really a nice democratization of the media. And now we're hitting this second wave, which kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> I, I feel a little bit that's part technology and part the serial effect of... Yeah, we can make stuff only for podcasts that's really high-quality storytelling. That's right.
0: Yeah, well, Serial, yeah, it really was a watershed moment. But you're right. I think add that plus the ubiquitous nature of Bluetooth, and it's in people's cars, and it's in people's headphones when they're exercising. And all of a sudden, you know, I think in the U.S. right now, something like 26 – no, no, sorry, 96 million or 97 million people are commuting about 26 minutes a day every day, uh, every weekday at least – and, and the commutes are getting longer. They are getting longer because more people are doing it. Let's talk about your show. Let's talk about the Slack Variety Pack. And and for context, again, for folks who don't know, Slack's is an amazing app. Uh, if you're on a team, um, especially if you're in the U.S., you, you, many people know this app. But uh, if you are running a team, you're trying to communicate through email or text or sending documents or whatever, and... um at at first glance, I remember I stared at Slack for a long time. I was like, well, you know, what's the point of getting this thing? It doesn't make sense. It's, I'm already doing those things with other tools. And then all of a sudden, I tried it, and this is always everyone's experience with Slack, is you know, ten minutes later, you're like, I'm done with email. I'll never text again. Uh, it, it's it's just an ama- It's almost like this quality content that we're talking about. They made that in an application, and it was a perfect wedding, I think, for you guys to come along at Pacific Content. And I don't know if you pitched them or they pitched you, but the idea of hey, what if we made a show that just was just excellent, that like you say, that people loved. they didn't just like, just like they love your app, we needed to make a show that matched. And you came along and you created a show that somewhere between, and we've talked about this offline, but it's somewhere between, because everyone's around teams and office culture, it has this office space comedic sensibility. Uh, It's storytelling and interesting. Uh, So it's like This American Life, for folks who understand that Ira Glass reference, and it's also like this kind of Monty Python, Saturday Night Live. We were joking offline that it's also like the SCTV of Canada of old with the the John Candys and the Eugene Levies and the, the Martin Shorts and the Catherine O'Hara's of the world, even the Merrick Moranis of the world. Those people were creating these kind of skit-like uh, bits that were just super entertaining, but but you you took it to a different level with the show. Talk a little bit about the process of pitching Slack And, and even the fact that this show exists, like it's, it's a phenomenon and, and clearly by the, by the numbers of people, uh, showing up and appreciating what you're doing, uh, it's making a mark. Talk a little bit about what it took to get there.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting. We, we started our company, I guess about 14 or 15 months ago, and it was really at, at inception. It was designed to be a broad content strategy company where we were going to teach companies, who are not media companies, how to act more like media companies. Um, and so we did some some content strategy, we'd done some video production, and then in the fall when this whole serious uh sorry, when this whole serial thing blew up and startup was going and I, and I
0: should back up in case there might be a human on the planet who doesn't know about serial but serial is a podcast uh sarah Koenig is the host and she does this deep dive journalistic approach in this case it was a whole season to tell one story and they did it episodically it was like watching an episode or a series like breaking bad on television but you were listening in your ears and uh, super compelling and it just broke records like shattered records in terms of downloads is that is that accurate or is there more than i need to Give for
1: Yeah, context. yeah, absolutely, and 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 at the same time, uh, uh, Gimlet, which which is the company that Starley's doing mystery show for, which is terrific, and I I think they're just a super exciting company to watch, and you know, like you mentioned, just great talented people that also came out of public radio in the states. Um, they were documenting the rise of Gimlet in kind of a self facing documentary. Uh, as trying to start a podcasting business. And throughout this whole period, we were looking at ourselves being like, you know, everybody who works here is a, has a lot of experience in podcasting and podcasting is going crazy right now. We should really focus the business in because there, there's lots of people who do video and there's lots of people who do, you know, other types of social media content. There are not a lot of people who have training and experience in making high-level audio uh, programs, and we we kind of took the idea of helping non media companies act like media companies and you know put that with podcasting and that's where the idea came from for these you know these things we're calling branded entertainment podcasts um, which is you know the I guess the logic behind it is something the, the same way that Red Bull is doing an amazing job creating video or GoPro no one's ever drinking a red bull in in the Red Bull content. Right. They're just amazing videos that totally embody the brand DNA of Red Bull. And no one was doing that at all in the audio space. Um, and we'd been using Slack for a long time and loved it and uh, had a connection to get in to talk to them. And their uh, their chief marketing officer, Bill Messitis, was coming to Vancouver. And we said, can we come in and pitch you this crazy podcast idea we have. And he's like the coolest guy. He was just totally open-minded and got, you know, he's a huge podcast fan and another guy that works really closely with him, Brad Morris, another huge podcast fan, Stuart Butterfield, the CEO, huge podcast fan. And, uh, we, we kind of had two meetings with him and, and learned a lot about their, you know, their brand voice and their brand values and, the areas of stuff that they were interested in and came back to them with the proposals saying, let's make an awesome show together. That's not about Slack. It's about all these things that Slack is interested in. um, And it embodies the the Slack voice and the Slack values, but this is really something for audiences and, and to make people happy. It's, it's a gift um, I think is the way that Bill puts it, which is perfect. And, I think it was just really serendipitous timing, like, you know, just super progressive and open-minded around the way they're doing things. And they have their own unique DNA that this is, seems to be a really good fit for. Um, so yeah, we, we made a pilot and, uh, you know, made a few changes and, and they said, uh, love it, go for it. And it's been this ongoing thing that keeps evolving and growing. And, um, You know, every week we give them, you know, kind of a rough cut of the episode and we get literally the best, smartest feedback I've ever had Hmm. from the Slack team. And it's really senior people in the company like Stuart and Bill and, you know, his heads of editorial, Anna and Brad, like, and this guy, Matt Howie, all crazy, smart, awesome people taking time to listen to a podcast and provide notes about how to make the storytelling better Hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's the best creative experience I've ever had in my life. It's, it's really cool.
0: But this is what I'm so struck by. So like some of the sections that this is just affirmation and feedback, but that I love your bits are, I love your, um, uh, the, the office space sensibility. And for those of you guys who haven't seen the old cult classic movie office space, you need to rent it tonight. But, um where they're just, you're making fun of office culture, but, but in a way that isn't offensive to the people who live in office culture. So like my, one of my all time favorite bits was your one on, um, uh, the it guy who always wears shorts. There's always one guy who wears shorts in the office or, um, the bit you did on water, cool water, cooler confessions, or, um, what was the other one I was thinking about just a moment ago? Uh, um, Oh, then the other just super interesting things that aren't just pure satire or entertainment, but like, like, what you that bit you did where the, with the band OK Go, where they were talking about how they were gonna think about ways to store things like big databases and that we could store things in DNA. Like it really is a variety pack. And I remember I played that for my brother in law who's an executive at this, you know, five hundred million dollar company, and he was like, And they have huge data sets with what they do. And his response was like, We need to look into DNA. <laughs> that's awesome it was, that's so great it, it was incredible and I was like he never would have been exposed to that if he didn't get wooed into the entertainment piece um, anyway so so when you think about all those different kind of facets how in the world do you guys come up with all, <laughs> all these because it feels like you must have a team of writers that that just they that, like you guys are just pro grade um, at, at the level of the best kind of television uh, and I just when I watched Jimmy Fallon down here at night or you know any of the kind of really like Cobert's coming in the fall. I just don't know how these teams put it together night after night. And you guys are doing the same thing in this content. And I don't even know totally what my question is apart from like, you're amazing. Like <laughs> I just want to like stand up and cheer.
1: But well, again, I, you're very, you're very, very kind, but it, like we, we've, it's funny we've actually built some of the publishing schedule around this too. So it doesn't publish every week. It publishes every two weeks. Um, and that was a very calculated decision because, we want to make sure we get really good stories and we have the time to make them great. But we also want to be able to publish a full episode and let people digest that. And then also have time to do the social work around taking the individual stories and letting the communities that are, that are, um, would be interested in that type of story know about it. Right. Um, so, you know, and I think a lot of the stories come from the fact that, you know, this is all stuff that we're really interested in also. Like we're, you know, I, I hope you can hear it, but I'm I'm really passionate about this stuff. And I used to be a manager at CBC, <laughs> would, you know. And so the ability to do stories about where the future of work is going and to be able to talk to some of the most interesting people on the planet about how work is changing or people who are doing really cool stuff Or being able to, you know, like to your point around things like, you know, the guys in shorts at the office or, um, you know, why kids don't reply back to their grandparents' email because they never use email. (laughs) Um, Some of those stories are just holding up a mirror to things that we all identify with that happen to be in that office tech work life space. Um, And then, you know, like I said, the things around the future of work and, people doing really inspiring things to change that, you know, I think a lot of us are just really fascinated by that because we've been in a whole bunch of different cultures and are really excited to see people with big new ideas trying to change the world with it. Um, so it, it, you know, in a way it's kind of, you know, that, that age old thing of like following your, your passions and where your interests are. There's just, there's honestly, there's more stories out there than we could possibly tell that we would love to tell. So it's, uh, it, and and then the really neat thing is I don't think this show would ever be on the radio anywhere. No one would green light it. It's a weird format. And if you said, you know, to your point, like, okay, well, we're going to go from this thing that makes, uh, uh, you know, a complicated explanation of quantum computing. And then we're going to have a thing about email signatures. And then we're going to have a thing about storing, uh, you know, OK Go songs on DNA and... Uh, and then we're going to go into a, a, a lighter piece around parents trying to describe kids' jobs working in tech and they can't do it. it make, that's almost like the Radio 3 podcast. You're like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But it, in the digital space, it, it's possible and it totally makes sense. And I, I think it works.
0: As we turn a corner, I want to be sensitive your time and and uh, and for you guys, as folks uh, at home too. That um, I want to be thoughtful to, Given all this as a background, um, Steve, picture you're 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 in a conversation with someone in our audience, someone who's just listened to this conversation. Maybe they've listened to a handful of episodes of Slack Friday Pack, and and they are a graphic designer, they are a um, uh, a wedding photographer, they are a they, they're the marketing director of a dentist office. <laughs> you know, they're, so, they're, they're just kind of – they want to do creative work, especially around narrative storytelling work. And they might even have this kind of closet desire to do something on their own. Distinct from having a job and doing what they're told, they actually want to pick themselves and go do something new and fresh. But they're they're scared. And they're like, you know, how in the world could I find my way from where I'm at to where I want to go how do you, and I know you're in these kinds of conversations with people all the time. How, how do you, um, well, just speak directly to them. Like what do you say to them over coffee? What are their first steps? What are the things that they need to be thinking about?
1: So the, the first thing is that that was me. Uh, that was me like a year and a half ago was exactly in that spot where I, you know, I had a fantastic job. Um, it was, it was terrific, but I had this itch inside that, there was an opportunity sitting there and i saw it and it it felt like it would be a really smart thing to do and there was lots of people who would be interested in doing it and that the group of people i wanted to do it with are some of the most talented and you know just wonderful people i know but i was petrified you know i was i have kids i have a uh, a lovely family a house stepping out of a long term job with a lot of security into it to try something weird was it was it was really terrifying <laughs> um oh, totally and to your earlier point honestly huge credit to Seth Godin I love him uh, the same way you do and you know a book like Lynchpin for me if you haven't read it and you're and this conversation resonates with you at all and, you're, and you'd like to ruin your your career well <laughs> you know, or find a path to wonderfulness that's right, that's right, uh, go read lynchpin it's 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 like the the perfect kick in the butt that you need to say, like, you know what, we're not here for you know forever you if you're gonna do something, don't have any regrets about it, and if you're an artist, you can find art in all sorts of different ways, but it only happens, you know I, I love his term on this, like it only happens when you actually do it and ship it. And I realized I'd done like an enormous amount of talking about it and reading about other people doing it and getting excited about it, but I hadn't actually done it and I hadn't shipped. And uh, like said, so, so, you know, I, I can't promise there's a safety net cause there there's not, but I would say you know, we had a lot of the, the good stuff going for us. We had the right people. We had the right experience. We had a a good idea that we honestly passionately believed in. And we started talking to people and made sure that we weren't just going to go fall flat in our faces, you know, right out of the gate. We, we confirmed that there were enough people that would be interested in doing this sort of thing and uh, that there was a market for it. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big believer in just do it and even just start doing it while you're still doing your other thing. Um, The beauty of a podcast or a blog or, you know, a Pinterest account to showcase your design or Instagram to show that you're an amazing photographer in different ways. uh, You can do that anytime for literally next to nothing. And the beauty of podcasting, you can do that pretty much for next to nothing um, you learn by doing, you know, I, I was talking to somebody, um, a couple of weeks ago who wanted to know what kind of courses to take to get good at doing this stuff. And the person has a master's in journalism already. And I was like, you've got it. Like, just go start doing it. Wow. <laughs> like you'll learn, you'll learn by doing it. Wow. So there's, I know there's an intimidation factor going outside a comfort zone, um, My favorite thing about where we are right now in the media is that, you know, a lot of traditional radio, a lot of traditional TV, they've kind of figured out the formats that work. Like, it's kind of, there's a lot of formulas and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of barriers up to try it, you know, that prevent you from going outside the box too much because they know what works. Nobody's really figured out all this stuff in the digital space yet, and it's still... Constantly evolving and changing, and, and podcasting is the perfect example. With the resurgence of it last fall, that nobody saw coming, and your ability to just get out there and be part of the group, creating it and evolving it, and being able to be nimble and and adjust courses you see fit, it's enormously exciting. And um, I don't know. I, I guess for me, I didn't want to be on the sidelines. I wanted to be out there uh, helping to create it with a lot of other great people, and it's been the best experience of my life.
0: This was episode 055 of Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. GoBeCollective.com is our new home for all things Converge. There you'll find past episodes as well as Go, the unconference for creatives looking to grow their business, FasterMind Coaching, business coaching every entrepreneur can afford, and much, much more. Want to join the collective? Check out GoBeCollective.com. Music Today provided by TripleSkinMusic.com. Sound as good as you look. Thanks to Anna Kweza at 8Creative.co for her audio production. And a special thanks to Steve for being with us. Visit him at Pacific-Content.com. Finally, if you haven't shared an episode of Converge with a friend, would you? Think of one person right now who you think would benefit from my conversations with Seth Godin, Chris Gillibo, and Hanley, Ryan Holiday, and of course Steve. And invite them to join in. You caring enough to do that sort of thing is a nod to us that we're doing something right. And like leaving those reviews at iTunes, we see you. Thank you. It's a really big deal. So again, thanks. That's it for now. I'm Dane Sanders. I cannot wait until next time.